China and cross-strait relations took center stage at a hearing held by the U.S. Senate Committee on Armed Services on Thursday. According to intelligence and officials, China is stepping up its intimidation tactics on Taiwan now that Xi Jinping is on his third term as leader of China. They added that currently Beijing is working on peaceful unification of Taiwan while keeping military means as a backup. The U.S. Senate Committee on Armed Services on Thursday held a hearing with defense and intelligence officials on the topic of global threats. China was one of the main points discussed. Xi Jinping's attainment of a third term as the General Secretary of the Chinese Communist Party positions Beijing for further progress on military modernization and operational goals that will challenge the U.S. during the next year and beyond. The official pointed out that China has been blaming Washington as a source of global problems in an attempt to attack the U.S. and take the global lead. Another official pointed to the situation in the Taiwan Strait and China's expansionist rhetoric. What is perhaps most concerning is that the CCP is increasingly convinced that it can only fulfill Xi's vision at the expense of U.S. power and influence and through tools of coercion, including the land, sea and air claims in the region and its assertions of sovereignty over Taiwan. The director of national intelligence, Avril Haines, says Beijing's anti-U.S. provocations were clear from the large-scale drills that the PLA staged after President Tsai held meetings with sitting U.S. House speakers. She said it was an attempt to sow division between the U.S. and its allies. She also warned that with 90% of the world's chips being produced in Taiwan, an attack by China would not just damage the U.S.'s and China's economy, but the entire world. Because TSMC, uh, the manufacturer of, of semiconductor chips on Taiwan, if that is blocked, um, it will have an enormous global financial impact that I think runs somewhere between $600 billion to over a trillion on an annual basis for the first several years. The U.S. intelligence officials said that although China is ramping up its pressure on Taiwan and boosting its military in Xi's third term, Beijing is still leaning toward peaceful unification. She added that China was still trying to keep U.S.-China relations somewhat stable to prevent further tech restrictions and sanctions from Washington and its allies. Philippine President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. visited the White House Monday at a time of tension in the Indo-Pacific region. U.S. President Joe Biden said his country's commitment to the archipelago is, quote, ironclad amid enhanced military cooperation. The Philippines recently granted the U.S. access to four more military bases. Voice of America's Anita Powell reports from the White House. A meeting more than a decade in the making. The last time a Philippine president graced the White House was in 2012. Much has changed since then, and not just the men in charge. On Monday, Biden identified the greatest threat, obliquely, and inked a new defense cooperation agreement that will strengthen Philippine security and support military modernization. The United States also remains ironclad in our, remains ironclad in our commitment to the defense of the Philippines, including the South China Sea, and we're going to continue to support the Philippines military modernization goals. Philippine President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. said the archipelago nation has had a front row seat to increase tensions in the South China Sea. There are also the uh, uh, issues, geopolitical issues, that have made the region where the Philippines is uh, possibly, arguably, the most uh, complicated geopolitical situation in, in the world right now. 
And so it is only natural that uh, for the Philippines to look to its uh, sole treaty partner uh, in the world uh, to strengthen and to redefine uh, the relationship that we have and the roles that we play in the face uh, of uh, those rising tensions that we see now uh, around the South China Sea. China has repeatedly harassed Philippine Navy and Coast Guard patrols and disagrees with Manila's approach. Analysts say this reflects a shift in the relationship. It's been a dramatic turnaround over the last eight months, uh, a real quick pace of, uh, of deepening and institutionalizing the defense relationship. Southeast Asia experts say this is not an either-or situation for the Philippines. Beijing recently sent its foreign minister to Manila to meet with his counterpart, indicating a strong partnership. I think the Philippines and this President Marcos is probably navigating those dual strategic or national interests. Security on one side, perhaps with the United States, trade and investment on the other side. China is the number one trade partner for all of the countries uh, in Southeast Asia, including the Philippines. The leader's joint statement did not mention that Marcos was visiting the U.S. under diplomatic immunity, despite a 2012 U.S. contempt order against him over his father's estate, which was to be used to pay damages to human rights victims of martial law under the senior Marcos's rule in the 1980s. Anita Powell, viewing News, the White House. Tensions in the Taiwan Strait are getting more heated. In the latest, Robert O'Brien, who served as the national security advisor under President Donald Trump, has told a Japanese media outlet that China could invade Taiwan in two years. He's also urged the U.S. and Japan to give Taiwan more support. On Friday, DPP lawmakers played down the talk of an invasion timetable, but still said the international community needed to give Taiwan more attention. Recently, Taiwan's aging F-5 jet fighters have been withdrawn from Taiwan's front line. DPP lawmakers have mooted the idea of turning them into drones. But the National Zhongshan Institute of Science and Technology says it is definitely possible. In an exclusive interview with Japan's Yomiuri Shimbun, former U.S. National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien warned that China could invade Taiwan within the next two years. The U.S. and Japan needed to give a firm response and offer Taiwan diplomatic support, he said. That's a few years earlier than 2027, the date suggested by U.S. retired Admiral Philip Davidson. Talk of whether this will happen in the short term or not at all this century shows that the Taiwan issue needs more attention. Taiwan has gained more military power and relevant preparations need to be hurried up. At the same time, allies involved should also speed the assistance they give to Taiwan. Last year, the mass production started for indigenous T-5 Brave Eagle advanced jet trainers. The model will eventually replace Taiwan's ancient F-5 jets, which have been used by the military for 40 years. The Ministry of National Defence was expected to phase out their use next year. But currently, many Chinese aircraft still harass Taiwan by flying close to the island, and many drones have joined their ranks. This is putting additional pressure on Taiwanese pilots. Some DPP lawmakers have therefore raised the idea of converting the F-5 jets to drones. Using the current technology of the National Zhongshan Institute of Science and Technology, is it possible to convert an F-5 jet into a drone? This can be done, absolutely. 
Using radars developed by our institute, we can hunt down all the drones used by the CCP. As China's indigenously produced Chengdu J-7 fighter jet is expected to be decommissioned this year, there are reports that they will be replaced for drones for frontline attacks. The National Zhongshan Institute of Science and Technology says it has plans in the works for a response, saying that if they eventuate, they will be sure to alleviate the flight time and work of pilots. The price of gold soared to a record high of 2,085 U.S. dollars per ounce on Thursday after the Fed raised key interest rates by 25 basis points and signaled a possible pause in policy tightening. Analysts say the price rise will likely continue. Let's hear from them. In this wave, its price could reach 2,090 US dollars more or less. I think there's a chance that it will break past 2,100 US dollars this year. I'm quite optimistic about gold price trends for this year. The end of interest rate hikes for the US dollar is the start of a gold era. Analysts say the price of gold could reach new heights this year. They advise potential investors to pay close attention to trends and wait for the price to dip before taking the leap. Ten exceptional mothers are soon to be honored at a ceremony held by the Taiwan Disability Free Association. The association has given out the awards for outstanding loving mothers for 30 years. Now it says this will be the last time the ceremony will be held. At a recent press conference, three of the award winners gathered with their sons and daughters. They highlighted the work of the organization and shared their stories of family life with disabilities. A performer with Down syndrome shows off circles on the unicycle. His amazing sense of balance is on display as he twirls hoops while balancing on a ball. This is the son of one of the award-winning mothers who has many performance skills certificates. He has Down syndrome, so his tension is low. So we got him learning skating and various sports to help him develop those skills. He has 12 street performance certificates now. The Taiwan Disability Free Association recently announced the winners of its National Loving Mothers Award. The 10 exceptional parents chosen include Huangli Meihui, two of whose children have disabilities. As well as caring for them, she extends the love to other families, serving as Secretary General for the Pingdong Intellectual Disability Association. Meanwhile, Huang Tsai Chulan from Kaohsiung has worked hard to bring up many children. Her fourth son is a polio survivor. Now she dedicates herself to volunteering. I've been keeping heart. I carry on always by his side. It's been a long time. It feels like a little bit of a comfort to receive this award after all these years. My fate has been, since I met him, I have to take care of him. Being a mother to a child with a disability is an exhausting role. It would be impossible to capture in a few sentences the lived experience of these exceptional mothers. But one thing that can speak to those years of effort is these heartfelt words of thanks. The official prize-giving ceremony will take place on May 13th at the National Science and Technology Museum South Complex in Kaohsiung. After 30 years of the annual event, the Taiwan Disability Free Association has announced that this will be the final time the ceremony is held.
According to the government statistics agency, Taiwan's consumer price index hit 2.35% in April, similar to the March figure. Analysts say an annual increase of 0.2 percentage points due to a hike in electricity rates was partly offset by falling vegetable and fuel prices. But the annual price increase was much higher for a basket of 17 government-tracked goods at 7.35%. That's the biggest rise in 14 years. Among others, the basket tracks the price of eggs, cooking oil and pork, all of which saw a marked price increase. The statistics agency says it expects May's CPI to be slightly lower. Police agencies have recently expanded their recruitment of those aged between 18 and 40 to be volunteers to back up the police force and be trained in civil defense. This has drawn the ire of KMT politicians who are accusing the DPP of playing the war card to drum up support for the party. Government officials are denying the accusations, with Premier Chen Jianren saying that it is highly irresponsible to link civil defense policies with war preparations. In response to cross-strait tensions, a routine disaster drill that's held in Taipei for the first time increased the proportion of war exercises from 50% to 70% of the entire drill. In order to implement the government's overall defence concept, the National Police Agency has announced it will expand recruitment for the volunteer police and civil defence forces. The civil defence part had been pretty useless in the past. A new wave of recruitment of civil defence forces is absolutely necessary. We've put forth new training courses so that the general public can feel that taking part in civil defence is an honour. Recently, police stations all over the nation have been issuing promotional materials relating to recruitment, which focus on the various benefits offered. The call is for people aged between 18 and 40. It is aiming to recruit 94,000 civil defence troops in total across all cities and counties, as well as 40,000 staff in special protection teams for critical infrastructure. The Ministry of Interior has also recently contacted infrastructure units relating to oil, electricity and water and hopes to have completed a restructure of the special protection teams by mid-November. However, KMT lawmakers have accused the DPP government of playing the war card to drum up support for the party. Interior Minister Lin Chang said that was not the case. I really don't know why these KMT lawmakers are so ignorant of what the KMT has done in the past. They had put a system in place, the laws in place, but no action was taken. So now we're doing something and we need to do something. Don't exaggerate these kinds of things just because an election is coming. There's really no need for this. Everyone has seen us carry out civil defense work. It has been implemented for decades. It is the same as ordinary volunteering and the volunteer police force. The civil defense policy has been outlined so many times online, and now it's been deliberately linked to war. I find this so unprofessional and irresponsible. Premier Chen maintains that civil defence is aimed at people mutually assisting each other and should not be deliberately linked to war preparations. 
A Japanese manufacturer has issued a statement about how to take care of a thermos. It seems that lots of people like to peel off the labels from a new thermos when they buy it. But for some thermoses, a sticker might have a protective function. Peeling it off can damage the insulation. The manufacturer implores customers to think twice before pulling bits off their products. You've just bought a new thermos. You probably want to give it a wash and peel off the label on the bottom. Most people we spoke to didn't know that the sticker might have a function. A Japanese manufacturer recently released a statement explaining they put a small hole in the bottom of the thermos in order to create a vacuum. The label is also known as a protective sticker. Its important role is to cover the seams of the welding that are created when that vacuum is made. If you peel it off, the seams get exposed to the air. That can damage the thermos and even shorten its lifespan. There are three ways to transfer heat convection, conduction, and radiation. Reducing convection using a vacuum reduces the amount of heat that's lost, and it keeps the contents insulated. So peeling off the sticker means that air can flow, and that convection will mean the heat is not retained. As physics and chemistry teacher Zhang Pibai explains, if the bottom of the thermos is made of silicon, and especially if it has a warning on it, it's best to keep the label on. If the bottom is made of cardboard, the label is unimportant. Not every thermos has the same welding with a protective sticker. Next time you buy one, take a moment to check, and you might keep your drinks warmer for longer. A dry spell continues to linger over Taiwan, and forecasters say there won't be any significant rain for some time. The Central Weather Bureau says the annual monsoon season, otherwise known as plum rains, will not show up until late May or early June. The CWB's director says the dry conditions could remain even in the summer. He says that the El Nino effect in the Pacific Ocean could drive typhoons away from Taiwan. That could be a problem, as Taiwan's reservoirs are typically replenished by rainfall from summer typhoons. Let's hear from a forecaster. In El Nino years, typhoons form a little farther out to the east, so they would have to travel thousands of kilometers to reach Taiwan. In La Nina years, most of them form just east of the Philippine Sea, so it's more likely they hit Taiwan just after forming. In La Nina years, more than three typhoons hit Taiwan. In El Nino years, the average is lower, at just 2.2 typhoons. The CWB says there will likely be less rainfall in this coming typhoon season. Already, it has been three years since the last time that a typhoon's eye made landfall on the island. Forecasters say the dry spell could very well continue into spring of next year.